The previous Mishnah began listing the six different levels of mikvois, of bodies of water that have the ability to purify. And the first few Mishnahis of the Perek, the chapter, talk about the lowest of these six levels, and that is water that has less than the volume of 40 sa'ar. According to the Torah, even a small amount of a revius of water, which is in the ground, has the status of a mikvah. And although Midrabonon, they decreed that nothing can be purified in such a small body of water, nevertheless, this body of water, this collection of water, does have the status of a mikvah. And because of that, there is pretty much just one remaining feature that exists even on a rabbinic level, and that is, just like any mikveh cannot become tome, water that is in the ground doesn't have the ability to become tome, so too such a collection of water that is in the ground, even if it's just a little puddle of water, as long as it contains at least a revius, that water cannot become tome, even if a source of impurity touches it. Now, this situation remains until the water is removed from being in the ground deliberately. Somebody has a particular purpose in using that water, then it would gain the ability to become Tomei. But if it is removed from the ground without any deliberate intention to use it or to remove it, then it would still not yet have the ability to become Tomei. The next two Mishnahis are very much a copy of the laws that were taught in the first Mishnah, just in very similar scenarios. Mile bichli tome, if somebody filled up a tome container with water from a small hole in the ground, the hole in the ground contains at least a revius of water, and somebody lowered a tome container into that water to fill it up with some water from that collection of water. Now, even though the Tomei container is touching the water, that's not enough to make the water Tomei, because the water that remains in the hole is still attached to the ground, and it does not have the ability to become Tomei. However, as he lifts up the container with with, with the water, any water that was removed from that hole in the ground does now have the ability to become Tomei, because it was removed from the ground deliberately, and indeed, in that same moment, it becomes Tomei, because the container that is touching it is Tome. Naturally, what happens now is that a couple of drops which are of the water that touch the container will fall back into the hole of which contains some water remaining there. What happens when a few drops of Tome water touch Tahar water? So there's one of two options over here. In general, it would really make all of the water tome because it's as if all of the water is touching those few drops. Just like whenever something touches a tome item, it becomes tome itself, so to over here. However, over here, it's different, of course, because the rest of the water doesn't have the ability to become tome. So that definitely will remain pure, and we're left with a situation where the vast majority of the water in that hole is pure, with a few drops of tome water. And in this case, we have a concept of bittel beroiv, where the few drops of tome water are nullified by the vast majority of pure water that is in that mixture which means that the entire mixture for the meantime is considered to be pure. 
However, that having been said, as soon as the liquid will be, as soon as the water will be removed from the hole deliberately, and it will gain the ability to become Tome. So at this point, we're going to revert to what should generally happen, that the few Tome drops of water will actually turn the entire mixture into being Tome, because it's considered to be that all of the liquid is touching those few Tome drops. And all of it will become Tomei. And therefore, if the Shasa Tohar, if afterwards a person who is pure drinks from part of the remaining water of that hole, Tomei, he himself will become Tomei. Because the water, as soon as it is lifted from the ground deliberately, will become Tomei. And the law is that somebody who drinks Tomei liquid, Tomei water, becomes Tomei. Second case, very similar. Milebichli Tomei, if somebody filled up a Tomei container with water from the hole and a few drops dropped back into the hole. So there are now a few Tomei drops of water in that puddle, in that hole of water in the ground. After that, Umilebichli Tohar, he used a pure container. He filled up that container with water from the remaining water which is in the hole. The water is considered to be tome as soon as it is lifted up from the ground because it becomes tome from those few tome drops of water. And automatically, the container which is touching that water, which is tome, will also become tome impure. Third example, Milebichli Tome, if he filled up a tome utensil with water from the hole, and then some drops fell back into the hole, and then the Nofal Kikoshal Truma, a loaf of Truma bread, fell into the water, and he took it out in Hediach. If he starts washing and rubbing the loaf of bread with the water that is on it, so now he is deliberately using that water, and that gives the water the ability to become Tome, and automatically it becomes Tome because of the few Tomei drops of water that are there and touching the rest of the water. However, if he didn't start rubbing and washing the bread with that water, so he never deliberately took out the water from the hole in order to use it, and therefore the water still does not have the ability to become Tomei, so we are really maintaining that original state of the majority of the water not having the ability to become Tomei and nullifying those few drops of Tomei water and therefore Tahar, that loaf will remain pure. This law doesn't specifically apply to a loaf of Truma bread, it's just that Truma is always kept pure. So this is just an example of a pure loaf of bread, but the same would apply to regular bread which is not Truma. Truma is food that can only be eaten by Karnim and it has to be kept pure. Mr. Gimel, not from Tomeim, if Tome water falls into a small puddle, a small hole of water in the ground, this is really just another way where we can have Tome water, which right now is nullified because the majority of the water that's in the hole is pure and cannot become Tome. But as soon as the water is going to be lifted up from the ground, then the Tome water is going to make all of the water Tome as long as the water is lifted out of the ground and used deliberately. So Vishasa Tahar, if a person drinks from that water, and until now that person has been pure, Tomei the person will become Tomei because he is drinking Tomei water. Not from mind Tomeim, if the Tomei water falls into that puddle of water in the ground, and then Umilebichli Tahar, somebody dipped a pure utensil into that hole of water in order to fill it up with water. Tome, that container will become Tome because it's touching water that becomes Tome as soon as it's lifted up from the ground. 
And third example, if Tommy water falls into that hole of water, the puddle, and then a loaf of truma bread falls into it, and he lifts it up again, if he starts rubbing and washing the loaf with the water. So he's deliberately using the water, which means that it will become Tommy. And in turn, the loaf of bread also Tomei will be considered to be impure. But if he doesn't start washing and rubbing that bread, so he's not deliberately using the water at all, he would have been happy for the water to just remain in the hole. Then it still does not have the ability to become Tomei. And so certainly the loaf of bread itself will also remain Tahar, pure. Rabbi Shimon Oimer, Rabbi Shimon says, Rabbi Shimon's going to argue on the previous three Mishnais, really. And Rabbi Shimon understands that in all of these cases, whether or not he used the water to wash and rub the loaf of bread, the loaf will be Tomei. Even in a case where the water itself does not yet gain the ability to become Tomei, because he's not using it in any deliberate way, nevertheless, the loaf of bread will become Tomei. Why? Rabbi Shimon is concerned that the very last drop of water that will be left on the loaf is going to be one of those drops that was Tomei. And if that's the case, so there's now no longer a majority that is nullifying that Tomei drop of liquid. So, And even one drop of Tomei water is enough to make the loaf Tomei. So because there is a concern that the last drop which remains and cannot be nullified is the Tomei drop, even though it's pretty unlikely that that will be the case, so Rishimon is concerned for that option, and therefore the loaf is considered to be Tomei. Mr. Dallard, as we mentioned, even if a source of impurity touches water that is in the ground, even as long as the water is at least the volume of a revius, which is roughly three, four, five ounces, that water has the status of a mikvah and it cannot become Tomei. Even if Nofala Seychon Mace, a piece of a dead body falls into that water, a Shehirik Bena Tomei, or a person who is Tomei walks through that puddle of water. That water will all remain pure, and in these two cases, nobody removed any of the water intentionally, so it's all totally pure, such that Vishasa Tahar, if a Tahar person then comes to drink from that water, Tahar will remain pure because all of the water is totally pure. Now, the example which the mission discussed until now was puddles of water or very small holes in the ground. The Mishnah just clarifies that this applies whether it's these small puddles of water, or it's the water of a pit which is in the ground, the water of a long ditch, the water which is in a cave, water that has flowed down a hill and has gathered at the bottom of the hill and it is no longer flowing down the hill. So we're left with just a still collection of water at the bottom of the hill that contains less than 40 sa'ah of the rainwater. And any any mikvah collection of water that does not contain at least the volume of 40 sa'ah, so in Jabonin it can't be used to purify things, however it does still have the status of a mikvah, and therefore the laws that have been discussed until now would apply. The second half of this Mishnah discusses when we need to be concerned that a particular puddle or a hole in the ground that has water in it, that a Tommy person has possibly drunk from it. Until now, the Mishnah has talked about when we know that a Tommy person drank from it. But what about when we are unsure? B'Sha'asagashomim, during the rainy days, during the winter, when people usually don't travel so far away from the town, so Hakol Tohar, any hole that contains water in it in the ground or any crevice that has a puddle in it, is considered to be tahar, pure. 
as long as it is situated outside of the town, outside of the city. Once the rain stops, people do start to travel more. If it's right after the rainy season has ended, so people are still a bit concerned, it might continue raining, there's still lots of water on the paths, and therefore people, although they do travel, they don't tend to travel so far, and therefore the Mishnah says, the puddles and the small collections of water in the holes in the ground that are nearby the city, the Laderech, or nearby the paths, the road going from one city to another, to Mayim, those are impure out of doubt, because we are concerned that people passed by there and drank from that water, and the people were possibly Tomei. However, small holes and puddles of water that are far away from the road or from the city, Tahirin, those are pure, until we reach the season when most people and lots of people do go there. A short while after the rain stops, people start to travel normally, and then we need to be concerned that any of these puddles and holes in the ground that have water in them, people may have drank from, and therefore we consider them to be Tomei out of doubt. Mishnah Hay, we mentioned in the introduction to this Masechta a concept called Hashoka. Hashoka literally means kissing, and this is when one collection of water touches and is connected to another collection of water. Halachically speaking, we consider it all to be like one large body of water now, and if anything is connected to a mikveh, then we're going to consider that which is connected to the mikveh to be like the mikveh itself, and not the opposite. And because of that, if somebody has Tomei water... Although in, gen- in general, any liquid and any food item cannot be purified in a mikveh, water is an exception, because since water is able to become a part of the mikveh itself, so if that water is connected to the mikveh in any way, then we would consider it to be a part of that mikveh itself. If you think about it, that means that all of these water puddles that we've been talking about until now, according to the Torah, they are considered to be a proper mikveh. And they have the ability to purify objects, and as well as that, they also have the ability to do hashaka. So if Tommy water is going to touch that water, the puddle, then according to the Torah, that Tommy water really becomes a part of the mikveh, and it's now fully pure. So everything that we said until now, that really the Tommy drops of water remain Tommy such that as soon as water is going to be lifted up from that hole and it will get the ability to become Tomei, so those few Tomei drops are going to come back now and make all of it Tomei, that is all true only Midrabanon, because in the same way that the Chachamim said that such a small mikveh cannot purify different items, they also said that it cannot purify these Tomei drops, and we can't have the concept of Hashaka. But Midrabanon, the water will become Tohar and part of the mikveh as soon as it drops into it. Now, what difference does it make if it's Midoraisa or Midrabanon? At the end of the day, we say that the Tomei drops remain Tomei. The answer is, since it's Midrabanon, there are certain leniencies that they applied. And that is, if rainwater falls into that puddle afterwards, then under certain situations, it will help to purify all of the water there, including the Tomei drops. So the Mishnah continues to talk about the puddles that we consider to be Tomei out of doubt, because we are concerned that somebody Tomei drank from them. The Mishnah says, From what point are we able to consider them to be pure again? Once the amount of water 
that falls in afterwards is the majority. So if more than double the amount of water that is currently there falls into it afterwards, rainwater, that is valid water for a mikvah, and as well as that, the ishtofu, the water overflows, then if those two things occur, we are able to consider that which remains in the hole to be tahar. So the significance of there being the majority is because, in general, the majority of a mixture we find gives a lot of significance to the entire mixture, and so too, once there is a majority of new rainwater, we are lenient and we say that all of the water is considered to be pure. Now, what is the significance of the overflowing of the water? The answer is that as soon as the water overflows, there is a possibility, albeit very remote, there is a possibility that the tommy drops are the ones that have overflowed and are no longer inside this puddle. So a combination of the fact that there's a possibility that none of the water that remains is actually the tommy drops, and a majority of the water is now new rainwater, a combination of those two factors allow the original Mid-Eraisa law to apply that Hashoka will cause all of the water to now be considered Tahar. They still, I mean, they still say, Rabu, it's enough that the majority is now new rainwater that fell in afterwards. Even if none of it overflowed, so the Tommy drops still remain in there. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says, I agree with Hidel, but I also hold that it's enough that it be the other way around as well. That Shotfu, the water overflows, even if that was caused without a majority of new water falling in. The last line of the Mishnah teaches that although these water puddles that we find outside of the city, in the cases that were mentioned in the previous Mishnah, we are concerned that they are Tomei, because a Tomei person possibly drank from them. This is only a concern, and we're strict, Medjurabonon. However, not for everything do we consider it to be Tomei. For example, Ksherin Lachala, it would be considered valid and pure if somebody mixed that water with dough and then separated challah from that dough, which is the portion of the dough which one needs to separate and give to a kohen when he bakes. Since he added it to the dough before the dough became challah, and only then did it become challah, challah is very similar to truma, it cannot become tome, if it becomes tome it needs to be burnt. But over here, he added the water before he actually declared the piece of dough to be challah. In this case, we are more lenient, and we say that since anyway it's only a remote concern, and stringency that we're, that it's possibly Tomei. If somebody added it to his dough and separated challah from it, that is considered to be pure. And as well as that, the little mehen layodayim, to use that water to wash one's hands for netilas yodayim, for the various different laws that require one to wash their hands. And obviously one needs to wash his hands with pure water in those cases. Since that is a law midrabonon, the entire concept of washing one's hands in the various cases that one needs to do so is an enactment Midrabanon, and we are lenient in that case that we can consider these water puddles to be tahar for the above two laws.